0: Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Sophia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Sophia Renea Morales.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and today I'm going to. Discuss the journey of creating the science and spirituality podcast with Kevin Carton. Uh, but before I get into introducing Kevin, I would like to invite you to get to know yourself a little bit more. I'd like to introduce you to your spiritually gifted aspect of yourself. Uh, you can take my quick quiz at superpowerquiz.us and it will give you insights into what your particular, specific spiritual giftedness is is in this world and i created this quiz because so many of us uh, are out living in our brilliance but we don't realize that we are we look at other people's giftedness and go "Ooh, if only i was gifted the way they were and i'm not gifted and the truth is we are all gifted in some way and i created this quiz to give you a peek into your particular giftedness because it's always easier to see it through the eyes of someone else. So superpowerquiz.us, it takes 60 seconds and you'll be that much better equipped to step into the world. So my guest today is Kevin Carton. He specializes in empowering people to discover and live their sole purpose. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the reason he's here and so kevin is a transformational life coach and he's spoken on stage in front of thousands of people which led him to being described as a young bob proctor or the next tony robbins either one of those is really good as far as i'm concerned (laughs) he shares inspiration and motivation alongside his brother chris on their podcast science and spirituality with over 70 750,000 downloads in the last three years. As a sought after speaker, trainer, and coach, Kevin's workshops and coaching programs have helped hundreds of people break through limitations and achieve greater results than they've known before. Welcome, Kevin. I'm so excited to have you here with me.
2: Thank you so much, Sophia. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for Excellent. having me on your show.
1: I, I love having other uh, podcast hosts on because they make amazing guests. They know. Right. <laughs> they know how it all goes. Yes. <laughs> so I I always read these bios and people sound so incredibly amazing. You know, it's it's my inside looking at someone else's outside, right? Right. Um so I'd like to invite you to share some of your inside. So what was life like before you completely stepped into your spirituality and made it a focus of your world?
2: I I felt like honestly, I was a different person. Maybe even I've heard it said maybe someone you relate with this to Sophia, Sophia, because I know your story that you were, it was a different lifetime. Literally. It feels like that you were a different person. That's really where I felt like I was before I had my own spiritual awakening. And my story goes way back to 2013, 2014. And I was in school to get my doctorate in pharmacy. So it was mm. a very traditional, very Western. I mean, it was literally Western medicine, but
1: well, yeah, because it's brain. like pop a pill and it all gets yes, better, right? <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. And I didn't, I, even going into it, I chose that path. Cause I love science. I love math, but I also wanted to help people. And at 17, what did I know? And yeah. I wasn't super aware. And so it sounded great, you know, so I went for it, but after three to four years, I started to become more aware, kind of an I think I actually just get to know myself more, and I realized that I had a core value of holistic healing. I didn't really know about it. I learned a lot more about yeah. that over the but, time. But, but what
1: the heck am I doing in conventional right. pharmacy? Exactly. <laughs> I know people give me all kinds of grief because I'm, my husband designs pharmaceuticals.
2: Right. I okay. remember you telling us that on your show or yeah. when you were on our podcast. So yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
1: And they're like, well, how do you, how do you resol- resolve that tension? And I'm like, I don't see it as a tension yes i think there is a place in the world for conventional medicine and conventional approaches absolutely. and they they definitely serve a purpose absolutely but they are also much more powerful when you look at the whole picture and you can really decide is that the right direction for me or am i paying too high a price for going down that road
2: exactly yeah speaking of high price i felt like i was paying a high price for continuing on that path which is why i left but that that was a good year long journey, which yeah. was really the beginning of my spiritual awakening. But it wasn't until after I left, which <laughs> there's a story to that too, which I actually failed <laughs> a class to continue on to getting my doctorate. That was the oh,
1: your soul was like decision. We are not going here.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I, I was a straight A and B student up until that point, and I so I had to work through a lot of uh, shame that, for myself. That
1: was really shocking.
2: It was. I feel like I, I literally remember this, the exact moment that I got the test score back that meant that I failed the entire course for the semester and I had to retake the entire year. I, I feel like my heart just dropped in my stomach. I was surrounded by all my classmates in a, in a lab and everyone's cheering, you know, celebrating. I got passed. I passed. I was Yay. like hiding my test score and like uh, no comment. As as yeah. I'm
1: out of here. Yeah. Exactly.
2: But it was, it was a beautiful moment looking back, obviously it didn't feel beautiful in the moment, but it a was,
1: lot of these turning yeah. points don't <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly, exactly. It's the age old, you know, it's, it's the exact turning point that I needed, you know, yeah. but like you said, it was my soul that gave it. Cause looking back, obviously I started to lose interest and passion or desire to even study, even to keep up with my studies to be able to pass. It was, it was my own soul, like calling it an unconscious way to just leave and get out yeah. of there. So, this
1: this no longer sings to me. Yeah.
2: Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's really what started me down the path. But during this time, I, I think the, the reason why I started to lose interest in pharmacy wasn't only because I was being more aware of what I, what was my core values, but I started to study in a more, uh, I would say less spiritual personal development. It was very, uh, like Dale Carnegie, Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill, think and grow rich, how to win friends and influence people sales. Mm-hmm. Like. It was more of like that Yeah, that really approach. classical
1: sales yep. kind of positive yep. mentality stuff, which Exactly that's, that's kind of where I started also.
2: <laughs> sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it was a great doorway into it. But I I my like what I feel like my spiritual awakening was was after I I decided to leave pharmacy. I knew it was not what I wanted anymore. I was already had been studying again personal development, positive thinking, like was open to this. And then I found a mentor. And it was on a, actually a virtual workshop and wow. I, in, in my, in my, uh, bio I have as Bob Proctor is like, I've been mentioned as Bob Proctor, which God rest his soul. I miss him dearly. Uh, yeah. he, he was actually my first like, like uh, mentor from afar. Cause mm-hmm. I would listen to his audios, watch videos on YouTube. Like I was yeah, on his email read, list,
1: read all his books. Yeah, just, and, yeah,
2: exactly. I was a big fan. So he, uh, through his email list promoted his colleague, his, her, his colleague's name is Mary Morrissey. He promoted a workshop from her. I got into that workshop. It blew my mind because she was deeper into the spiritual realm of transformation. And that's what woke me up because she said this one thing, and it's such a simple thing. And it's what we often hear as being the observer or metacognition, but it's Mm -hmm. just the way that she taught it. She said, notice what you're noticing. Mm. And that just flashed in my mind. It was like, whoa, okay. Because I I was aware.
1: Yeah. It it took you not just from the, the it's me position to me watching me, but it moved you to the complete third party.
2: Yes, yeah. exactly. I was like, it was a deep connection. And I've, I've actually been studying with her since then, but that was the beginning of my journey to be where I am today, have the Science and Spirituality podcast, have a business now. I mean, so much has come from that one decision to leave pharmacy, but then also a decision to get support and get help yeah. and then have a mentor to guide me along this path and discovering more of myself. Like you brilliantly said for your, you know, quiz that you offer, because like it's you're helping people get to know themselves more. I yeah. think that's, you know, so amazing.
1: Yeah. It's it's one of the most valuable things I think a person can do because honestly, it informs every decision of your life when you get really real with who you are and you you step away from the coping mechanisms you used as a child to survive mm-hmm. your childhood, depending on how traumatic that was. Right. But we all learn dysfunctional things as kids yeah. because we're always making up stories. We're always connecting cause and effect, whether there actually is a relationship between the two events. It's how we're wired as human beings. And so we all end up someplace in adulthood with dysfunction. Right. And I think it's hugely important to learn to distinguish who you truly authentically are as opposed to any kind of narrative or what I want to say, alternative self that you've put together that's more socially acceptable.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I've, you know, that's not to knock anyone who's done that because I did it for five freaking decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was 48 when the light bulb went on and I went, the reason I do these value exercises and still end up with a life that I hate is because these aren't my values. Right, <laughs> yes. And, and it took you know, almost five decades for the dime to drop on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. so I, I'm. don't knock yourself. If you've been yes. you know, living your life with someone else's values, it's a really easy thing to get suckered into doing.
2: Of course. Yeah. Most people are, and then therefore, you, most people you know actually are living that way, so you don't know any better, right?
1: Yeah, but- exactly. It looks like everybody's doing it. So Exactly. And and everybody is doing it, but they are not happy because mm-hmm. part of what you're taught when you're creating these false fronts and growing up is that happiness is out there when you achieve whatever, fill in the blank, get your degree, find the right job, get the right spouse. You know, there's always something else we're supposed to acquire before we have the right to to be happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's completely opposite, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just be happy now and keep working towards the things that are exciting to you and get rid of the crap that's not Exactly. so you went through this this course and you learned to observe yourself as the observer even. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where did it take you next? well actually before where do sure. we take it next yeah i know you made a big decision very early in your life and parents tend to get involved very <laughs> and they they have a lot tied up in these career decisions especially the first ones that their children make how'd your family take it when you went you know what Mm-mm, no more pharmacy
2: it took them a while to come around a yeah. while i, I i'm very, very grateful for my parents because they are very supportive. And while they didn't agree, didn't understand, and frankly, hated my decision, yeah. they they did, they did support <laughs> you me. You spent
1: which... a lot of money getting to this point, son. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it was actually my dad. I mean, my dad put me through college with mm-hmm. his own money he's earned from being an insurance broker. And my college was not cheap because it was one of the oldest pharmacy colleges in the Northern hemisphere of the world and very prestigious. And so a lot of money going into that. And personally my own time, like four years, but yeah, like they, and my dad, obviously my parents only want the best for me, but they thought like what was best for me was to stay.
1: Yeah. And oh, so sure'
2: fighting for the decision for me to stay, but which is why I actually stayed for that last fourth year. As uh, long
1: as you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Cause you have left earlier.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I pretty much knew like my heart knew uh, I think maybe in the, maybe halfway through my first semester of my third year. Mm-hmm. So it was a whole another year and a half before I officially made that decision. But it was yeah. like another six months until I told my parents that I was mm-hmm. thinking about that. And then yeah. a whole another like six months to a year until like I failed that class and then was like, yeah, I'm not trying to repeat another year.
1: Yeah, I. So, I'm not going to throw more money down this rat hole. It's exactly. it's almost a sunk cost kind of thing. I think yep. sometimes that happens. It's like, right. you know, we've paid for three three and a half years here. Let's just get just the get thing. it done. Yeah, get exactly. The thing. Yeah.
2: Yep that was my that was my dad's message or his thinking was like yeah just get the doctorate so that you can be secure you know and get a mm-hmm. job if if you know it's, and then it's you a fallback right yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud I did get a four-year degree, but I just did not want to go that's that doctorate Mm -hmm. six-year. I knew I wasn't going to use it. So
1: Yeah. So why am I torturing myself?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But again, very grateful for my parents, but it was difficult to make the decision when they were not in support of that. And then I was on my own for Mm -hmm. the most part because they wouldn't support me on that decision. Yeah, exactly. We we are not
1: down with this. You are not living in the basement. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which I didn't. So- where I went next. I mean, I stumbled a lot, but I, I first got a job working for my fraternity, which is great. It was like a part-time job. I then got certified to teach yoga and I went through a training program for that, started to teach yoga. It was a good year though, until I actually, it was a whole synchronistic uh, experience that how this happened, because I wasn't looking for a new job because I had a few things going on, different part-time jobs that were making ends meet. But a year later, I actually got a job working for my, my mentor's Whole uh, company. Oh, nice! Behind the scenes, I I got a job as what was called a content developer, and so I was writing eBooks, editing videos. Oh, that's fun! It was a lot of, it was so much fun, and it provided me the means to continue my own education in studying with my mentor. Because while I was an employee, like they gifted all their employees the programs that they went through, so I. I mean, I felt like I was in Candyland or Disneyland, Oh yeah, everything was free. Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) Give me
1: one of those Yep, one of those (laughs) and I'm going to ride that ride.
2: (laughs) Yep, 100%. And that, it it set me up for a major change in my life. Then years later, when I decided to get certified as a life coach, start my own business and everything, which still was challenging to that too, because it was a whole new journey. But that was like my progression to where I am today. But. That was the the mo- more immediate thing that happened after i graduated or and left pharmacy school
1: i love that all right we are up on our first break already i know it goes so fast mm-hmm. um those of you who've joined us out there in listener land today i would invite you to spend a little time with your pen and paper during the break and just jot down what are your values. Spend some time with what is really, truly important to you, as opposed to what you were told should be important to you. And hang with us, we'll be right back from the break.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renee Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first.
3: access all the time.
1: Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still here with Kevin Carden. And before the break, we were discussing, uh, having told his parents he wasn't going to do this pharmacy thing anymore. And the first few jobs that he took to kind of make things work as he was following the soul breadcrumbs of -hmm. his spiritual path. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about the serendipities because there are always serendipities that come along when you start following the soul path. Yes. So how, d- how did some of these first gigs show up for you?
2: Mm. I'd love to share with you the, 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 what I felt like was like, I, I felt like I quote unquote made it because as I mentioned, I got a job working for my mentor's company. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, that kind of fell in my lap. I wasn't looking for it. Cause like at that time I was working for my fraternity part-time I was getting certified as a, as a uh, yoga teacher to then teach. I was doing a couple other things on the side, like direct sales, but I, I knew that I wanted to just be more in the space of personal development, spiritual development, because I had such a deep connection and passion for it and knowingly because I was, been just reading books. And again, I I shared, like watching YouTube videos, audios, like I just couldn't get enough. I was like a yeah. thirsty sponge for all that information.
1: Exactly. So, <laughs> bring it, bring it, bring it. When I first exactly. woke up, it was like, just keep bringing yeah, the books on. Fire hose of information. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. So it, what, what changed for me though, is that, um, or that synchronicity opportunity. So I, I invested in myself in a full year long coaching program with my mentor. So I was still a, a client, a student of hers and one of one of the experiences within that program was a 5-day retreat to go to Concord Massachusetts and that is mm. where the shot heard round the world started the revolutionary war yep. and it's also where Henry David Thoreau and Ralph Waldo Emerson started the whole transcendentalism movement in the late 1800s oh,
1: okay nice and
2: so we went there actually to go study deeply Emerson and Henry David Thoreau and their journeys and what they share in their teachings because my mentor is uh, in a, the lineage of transcendentalism, and so at that retreat, I was the younger person, youngest person there. I was twenty-one. I, I'm
1: not surprised at all. Yep. The, <laughs> yeah. the,
2: the, the next, the next youngest person was around their mid-thirties, or maybe even mm-hmm. late thirties, and so I was yeah. like fifteen years younger than the next youngest person. So that intrigued my mentor and her faculty. And so I'm
1: I'm sure because it's unusual for someone in that age range to be seeking these answers. Usually it happens more towards the midlife crisis kind of age. Yeah.
2: I called mine is it was a quarter life crisis,
1: a quarter life crisis. Yeah, had a quarter <laughs> yeah, life crisis. Exactly. One quarter was enough.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, so that, that intrigued them. And at lunch I was, uh, I got invited to sit next to Mary as well as her son who happened to be the CEO of her company that he just got signed on for that. They're building a whole family business and they just got interested in me and they were like, how did you get here? Because, like you said, it was not very often that you know someone as young as me were was interested in that, but also not only the interest, but to invest at that level because yeah. it was a very expensive program. Well,
1: and I was going to ask about that because mm-hmm. I hear from a lot of people. I'd love to, but I don't have the cash, right? And so, how how did you square that? I guess <laughs> with your income earning ability at that yep. age.
2: Great question. So. Again, as I shared, I have very supportive parents. Even though they didn't agree with my decision or support it at all, my my dad still had some money saved for the rest of my education, and mm-hmm. he gave me a portion of that as a graduation gift. Technically, because I did graduate with a four year degree, and in a way of it's like supporting me in in with the direction I was going to take for my life. But that was it. He was like, "Giving you this, then we're done."
1: After that, uh, yeah, exactly. Go away, that, kid.
2: <laughs> go go figure. That yeah. was almost exactly the amount of the investment for the, the coaching program that full year. And so yeah. it was, it so was there's
1: another serendipity right there. hundred yeah. percent.
2: Exactly. So I had the means and all, but it was still a leap of faith. And there was fear to that because I actually literally mapped it out. I'm a very logical thinker. Heck, you know, my, my yeah. science mind, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I looked at if I'm going to invest in this program for a year, I had six months. With Mm -hmm. the current income that I had, the investment I was going to make, if I didn't have anything different change in six months, I was going to be out in the street. Like I couldn't afford rent, couldn't afford food. So it was a big leap of faith. And it was within a couple of months that I got a new job. I, I know then started to get the, the yoga certification so I can teach, earn extra income. And so then so on and so forth. But this is the big change though, because this was, uh, this change was a full-time job, getting a full-time job with my mentor's company. Yeah. So in that conversation at lunch, they were asking me about my journey and I was sharing everything, pretty much everything I shared on the show so far and just sharing this whole, uh, passion I had for personal development and just investing in myself And John, Mary's son, had this quizzical look on his face. And I remember like it was yesterday. I kind of stopped because I was getting self-conscious because when I was telling the story- Why
1: are you looking at me like this? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) yeah, I was
2: like, did I say something wrong? Like, is everything okay? And he then lightened up and said, oh, oh, it's okay. Like I was just piecing my own puzzle together. And I was like, okay, tell me more.
1: Yeah, uh, now I'm I'm really curious. (laughs)
2: Exactly. And he said, we are just about to open up a new position for our company that it seems like you would be a perfect fit four mm. and my eyes lit up i was like tell me more i where can i sign up or let's I apply? talk
1: because this is exactly. right where i want to be going yeah
2: exactly yeah so i applied it was a week later i, I got in an interview in my resume which wasn't that great honestly in the personal <laughs> development field but i had a passion for this so um i get a response back i did not get the job okay <sighs> right At yeah first. and and,
1: <laughs> and it's like it seemed so
2: on point. So yeah, like on it was point, it's exactly yeah. where
1: yeah, this is this is the thing. And then exactly nothing it didn't happen. And, yeah. yeah.
2: But here's here's the next point to that. So he, so John, again, he's the CEO of the company. He was still running a small sales company, his own training, his own coaching company on the side while mm-hmm. he was transitioning to being CEO for this larger coaching company, right. his mom's right. company. And he loved my passion. He saw potential within me. So even though I didn't get the full-time job, he said, you know what? Work for me part-time. So I had another part-time job. And so I was like 10 hours a week doing like, again, typical starting
1: out a pair of part-time jobs, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Very low compensation. I think it was like 10 bucks an hour. It was like nothing. And so I started out there. So it was about six months that I was doing that part-time work for him that I went to another event. This is then April, 2015. So it was six months later. I was doing that work for John part-time. I went to an event with my mentor. It was another live event. It six wasn't months included.
1: later. You're not out on the street yet. <laughs> no, I'm
2: not because I got that new job, like there a part-time job, which got more of the expenses paid and all still scraping by, though. But the next event that I went to, which again, felt like it was a big leap of faith to invest in this. It was outside of the program I was in with my mentor. And but it was with my mentor. It was Mary Morrissey and Bob Proctor because they were mm. close. They were close friends. Yeah. And they were running a two day event together. So I went to that event. I invested in myself. Again, one of the youngest people there. I run into one of Mary's other sons who also works for her company in the marketing department. Oh, wow. It's me. And he sees me and he goes, Whoa, oh my gosh, Kevin, you're here. And I'd never met him before. So I was like, Yeah, like, who are you? And who
1: goes, are you? And, and, yeah,
2: <laughs> for me, it's like, yeah, so he, he introduces himself. Yeah, Matt Boggs, like I work for the company. I'm John Boggs's brother. You've been working for my brother all this time. Uh-huh. We've heard about your great work.
1: Oh, oh. Seen your career,
2: and guess what? He literally gave me the job on the spot. He said, you know what? You're hired because we're opening up a second position for that same job that you applied for six months ago. But now we want to hire you. We see yeah. your commitment. We've seen your good work. Go talk to the program's manager, tell them you're hired, and we're gonna get you started in a couple weeks.
1: Go do it. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love. Synchronicity. It really is. It really is. And I guess one of the things I want to put out there or share for the listeners is this is not an uncommon experience on the spiritual path. Mm. It looks your soul will lead you down this road that looks like a dead end. And you go down that road in trust. I, we yes. had that happen in my own journey. My husband and I were in bankruptcy and he's like, I have to go back to grad school. Mm. It, wow! How do you make that happen, right? You can't take out loans. You don't have any spare money because the trustees got all the money. Um, and I talked to the bankruptcy lawyer and he's like, well, I I can think of one way we can make this happen. And it mm. was really only going to take care of like two trimesters that did trimesters in that sure. program. right? And I'm like, well, it, it gets him started. And then we cross that other bridge when we get there. And yep. so we, we ponied up for the first trimester. And about the time it was time to pay for the second one, he'd been having a conversation with a buddy of his. They were starting a, a thing together. And his buddy's like, well, you having an MBA would be such an asset to this thing. I'm going to pay for it. I'm like, wow. Whoa.
2: That's amazing. <laughs>
1: So yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of stepping out on trust and knowing that that next step will be there when you get to it and not yes. worrying about the next one until that time.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. My, my favorite phrase that cap- encapsulates that this message, which is brilliant. that's amazing story you have too. It's that we I can't you can't make these things happen. I, yeah, I And make you it can't happen. make
1: this shit up. I mean yeah,
2: you can't make it happen, but you yeah. can I've learned you can make it welcome.
1: Yes. By means of your
2: trust, your action, your willingness to take the step you can take, like you did, like your yeah, husband did.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You don't just sit on the sofa and go, oh, I'm going to meditate this. Right. No, <laughs> no. If there's a path through and you found a, a path that takes you two steps farther forward, go take those two steps and then exactly. see what you see when you get there. It's like when you applied for that first job yeah, uh, and didn't get it. It's like, wait, why did you bring me down this path so that you could get the other job that you didn't yes. know even existed?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Part-time to then move into that full-time. And still, I I was so mind-blown when it was on the spot. I've never even heard of such a thing that like someone's like, yeah, you're hired right now. It's like, what? Because yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, granted, I had an, a previous interview and they know the good work, but still, yeah. like, it was out of the blue and just... And and sometimes it
1: happens that way, you know, we've, we've seen that in my husband's career. We, he generally the hiring process goes resume, phone screening, Mm -hmm. then, you know, they ship you out for the big interview with everybody. And then there's this long negotiation about job offer. And then they bring you back out with like your wife and, you know, look at the area and find the stuff and do all the things. Right. Uh, he had one that went, phone interview, come out and see us and bring your wife. We're going to send her around with a realtor. I think they already knew they were hiring him. Huh. He he did the whole, you know, all day interviewing with everybody at the company. And that night at dinner, they're like, yeah, we let's negotiate this thing.
2: Nice. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and fortunately, I love to look at real estate. So I'd already picked out a house.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's but awesome. yeah, every now and again, you'll get one that just completely short circuits all of the usual stuff.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Absolutely amazing. So you're in the personal development world. How did you eventually start to venture out into podcasting and your own stuff? How did the invitation into those opportunities look?
2: It was a great question. And thank you for asking. It was another moment. I, I remember all these moments like it was yesterday because it's so clear of like, that was the moment that there was a decision that was made. And then there's many things that had to happen after, but it was that is what changed
1: that, it. That pivotal. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So my mentor's company, they, they also certify coaches. They offer programs to have you go through a training to become a coach, to learn the business, to learn how to coach, to learn the marketing, all of the different aspects of business. Yeah. As a coach, well, and, and
1: I love that they teach you the marketing and how to have a business oh, yeah. because that's where so a important. lot of programs come up short. It's like yeah. we'll give you the piece of paper. <laughs>
2: exactly. I literally have a client that I'm working with that is exactly that. She got it was yeah. a six month program for coaching, which is amazing, but no business, no marketing, no knowing of how to build the business. Yeah, what are actually, you supposed
1: to do with that? And in, in the exactly. end, because I mean, if you gone through the regular school system with like normal working class yep. parents you have no clue how to run a business or go exactly. get clients or any of that and it's 100%. it's not a natural instinct
2: yeah 100 percent, exactly so i was very grateful and fortunate to know that that was an option and i'd known about that for years even like right when i got the job i i even before i even got the job working for my mentor's company when i was in programs and coaching with her as a client, I, I knew that there was the option to become a certified coach. It just never called to me until about three years into working for my mentor's company. I was at an event. I was attending another event of hers. Like It was more free this time. I think I was actually even attending as uh, an employee, but they had an hour-long uh, exper- or just talk where they introduced the whole idea of uh, potentially investing to get certified by their company. And there was this one line that Matt said, so Matt Boggs, who hired me, he was speaking on stage, sharing about this whole program. And he said that the feeling that you have, the calling that you have to serve or to be a coach is literally the echo of all the people in the world who need your help right now. Mm. And it's, in other words, it's their prayers, like their need for the support and only you, because there are plenty of coaches. I mean, Bob Proctor, again, God bless him. He's gone now, but he was an amazing teacher, uh, Tony Robbins still around, I mean, Mary herself, Mary Morrissey, but there's so many different coaches, but it's like the common thinking is like, why me? Like, oh, there's enough people out there. There's like enough people doing this. But that for me really resonated is that there are only people out there that will resonate with working with me. Yes. And only and they will change by that's that. That's
1: exactly the thing. And I, I think there are a lot of people out there who are trying to do like me too marketing Yeah, And that's part of the reason that you're not connecting with your dream clients is you're trying to use somebody else's words instead of being you, because there are lots of people out there who will only be able to relate to you as you truly authentically are. So stop trying to be someone else, drop all that shit and go be you. Speak (laughs) from your heart with passion for the people that you're helping and your marketing will change dramatically <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. it's a lot easier too
1: <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> exactly so we are up on our second break already can you believe
2: Amazing and
1: time flies. i know it's crazy and so what i would like to invite the listeners to do get your pen get your paper and while we're on break this time think about the things that light you up, the things that call to you uh, and bring you joy because these are soul breadcrumbs. And I'd like to get you to gather them all onto one list. Don't throw them off because you don't think this one's profitable or, or whatever it is. Just put all the things that light you up on that list because they are all an integral part of what you're here to bring to the world. Don't let the conscious mind get in this and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by
0: following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com
1: forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know.
0: 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
3: We're on Alexa Smart Speakers and Connected Devices.
1: Hey, Alexa, play. Being Here podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Try it
3: now.
1: Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales and I'm here with Kevin Carton. And we have been exploring the synchronicities that came up in his spiritual journey as he's been moving down the road here. And so you were telling us about joining this coaching certification program. So you heard the invitation in the form of like the prayers or the, the vibrations of the people that you're here to help. Yes. So how did it unfold from there?
2: Well, right after I heard that, I started crying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, tears it really of joy touches you.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I mean, you I had joy and happiness for sure, but it was also that like longing or like yeah. lack thereof of like actually making an impact so far. Because I felt like in working for my mentor's company for those three years, really enjoyed it. It was an amazing experience, but I felt like I was so behind the scenes and that I was meant to be the coach be the one who's working with people directly not indirectly right so made that decision went on a whole another journey then of it was six months of the certification but then there was a continuing education for another year oh, so nice. it was quite a journey to be certified to then start my business to leave for my mentor's company which was another leap of faith because oh, oh
1: god yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was actually
2: the first they had to make a policy because i was the first employee to get certified as a coach by their company So they made a policy because of me that you can't be an employee and start your business and like coach clients because it's just conflict of interest, which I totally understood. So it was, uh, it was about, uh, I I was actually going to, this is actually a really good point because a lot of times when we know the direction we want to take for our life, we know our purpose, we know what we want to create. Sometimes we can feel like we're, we need to do all the things at once.
1: Oh my For God. Me, yes.
2: Oh, like I, that was a challenge. Cause I mean, at the time I was 24, so I was still relatively young. I mean, I'm, I'm still relatively young. I'm 29 <laughs> now, uh, but, uh, it's 24. And I actually, when I made the decision to get certified, go forward, I was 23. And I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to go forward right away. And I actually let my boss know. And so they were starting to like work on like setting things up so that they can hire yeah, someone else. Exactly. Like, Train quick. your
1: replacement and figure yeah. out how it's all going to work. Yeah,
2: exactly. But I'm really, really grateful that I, I had the awareness to realize like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. It felt like it was rushed. So yeah. I took an extra six months. So it was about a year until I left my mentor's company, left that job, and then officially started my business because it also was a complete shift. Like I ha- I couldn't yeah. build it on the side and then begin it like after I got some income, got some clients, I had to jump right into it, leave, quit completely and, and then go do start it. my business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I technically could have, you know, got a part-time job or got another full-time job and built a business on the side, but it felt right to me to dive right into it and see what can happen. So, I, so I what, what did
1: you do in the six month delay to prepare yourself to make that leap?
2: Great question. So I, I started teaching in a mm-hmm. way that I could, Cause I still right. didn't want to like, uh, take on clients. Cause that again was a breach yeah, of policy. Well, and
1: you don't want to step on toes. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So I started teaching and it was on Instagram actually. It was back, uh, so this was around 2017 and I started an Instagram account that I started to just share inspirational quotes and then in the caption wrote my interpretation of it, what someone can take from it, what they could take action on to improve their life. And that took on a life of its own. So within six months I had uh, gained around like 8,000 followers on Instagram. And it was a really robust community. I started to get to know a lot of the people and just, it, just get getting connections. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. about coaching. It wasn't about uh, having them hire me yet as a coach. Cause again, it was yeah. not what I wanted to do, but start to give in essence, yeah. focusing on the give, not what I was trying to get or trying to build the business. It was more on what value can I give? So yeah, I well, there. and
1: you also built a discipline in your life of showing up. Yes. Which I think is very valuable as well.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did in the meantime while also obviously studying, still like learning and getting all the knowledge, certification, training, all of that did you on the back end.
1: Squirrel away some savings.
2: Oh, yes, I did. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I mean, over a year, I knew I was going to be leaving. I was like, all right, I'm going to prepare for this. And yeah. so, I prepared about, I think it was four or five months of, uh, like rent and food, all expenses. Yeah. Like, cause I had a certain number that I had that I knew was like on average that I would be like going out. And mm-hmm. so it was like about four or five months. And so I gave myself that kind of, uh, runway to start. Yeah. The business. So yeah,
1: that's good. Yeah. Because if you just leave and you're living paycheck to paycheck, that yeah. that shit crashes really fast.
2: Yeah. Cause you're in survival mode yeah and then like and your that, nervous system is so out of whack and then you can't show up you make, your clients
1: yeah you make bad decisions and yep. yeah it's, it's not good when you're running in that mode
2: exactly yeah yes yeah, so that was the beginning of it but still i mean it was it was so sad to leave like in a way because i mean, yeah. there was like my family i really gained a lot of connections there well you
1: spent you know several years there
2: yeah <laughs> at that and point exactly yeah they're really i mean still are i still consider them my family all of yeah. them i mean at least the people who I was working with. I'm sure there's you know been changes and all that, but the people there.
1: Exactly. The Let's talk about those early days as a coach.
2: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell me about month one.
2: <laughs> actually, you know what? Month one was amazing. Okay. Was, yeah. I enrolled two clients in the first month.
1: Nice. And actually
2: the first day of business, like my business anniversary, business birthday is September 22nd. So I'm coming up on five years. Okay. And, uh, my first day of business, September 22nd, 2017, I got on a call with a potential client because she had booked out this call. Like I opened up my calendar for when I would start my business. It's this a uh, woman from Germany, uh, it was also around my age. And so was, I mean, also was following me on Instagram. And so she booked that call and she enrolled in a client as a client, um, and as right off the bat day one. and so i felt like i was on fire because it's like oh things are gonna work i'm rocking it yeah Yeah, like things are gonna be all smooth like there's gonna be no failures like i'm gonna gain clients all the time like it's gonna be awesome
1: exactly i'm I'm not gonna need my four months i'll be supporting myself (laughs) by the end of this month
2: exactly but when
1: did you get client number two
2: number two was about two weeks later so there was a bit of nervousness around there because like it wasn't i thought it was gonna be like five clients within the first two weeks right but it was two weeks later until I signed the second client. But then after that, it continued on where it was like very sporadically. Like my average within the first year was one, maybe two clients per month. Okay. So I was, it was a, in essence, like a scraping by, because obviously I, I went through my savings a lot, but it was in essence, like paycheck to paycheck after about six months. And there was some you know journeys within that, which I'm grateful for the learning, but it was, it was challenging, very difficult to stay yeah. the course because there was oh, a question. Yeah. Natural questioning of like, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this, Is this right the for right me? time for this? Exactly. Yeah. Like, especially I I had the the particular paradigm or limiting belief that I was working through about my age too. Mm. Because I was at 24, then soon to be, because it was about um Yeah.
1: Who's going to the 24 year old for life advice? Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. But I, yeah, then 25. I was like two months later after I started my business that I turned 25, but still so young.
1: So yeah, young and yeah.
2: didn't really feel like I had a lot of experience, although, except I did to a degree of like following my passion, have things, having things work out as I shared on the show so far, but still it was the, that paradigm, but I had to work through a lot of those, but it was again, an amazing learning experience. I mean, now looking back, I can say that. Right. But
1: yeah, d- at during the, time, the experience, it did it not hurts. feel good. It's yeah, painful. Yeah. It is. Did you develop a, what do I want to say, a structure or a rhythm around your work and outreach to clients and that kind yes. of stuff? Tell me how that came together for you.
2: Yeah. So at first it was Instagram. That was my main marketing platform. And I mean, I didn't feel like I had the money to do paid marketing. Uh, so it was all organic. And so a lot the, the very beginning, the first year, year and a half, it was all Instagram, all uh, written posts with quotes, or then I started to do videos and do that on a regular, repeated basis. It was every single day that yeah. I was posting and I got into the rhythm of that. And so it grew my following. And so over time, I got more skilled with sharing messages that help people realize the pain that they're in, the discontent they were in, and then also called them to their vision to then no- help them notice that there's a gap. It's like, you're, you've been struggling without support to bridge this gap. What if you had some support? And so then I would make an offer to like, you know a free call with me to explore coaching together. So the first year, year and a half, it was, it was honing those skills of, uh, in essence, copywriting when I wrote the caption, but then also being on video, sharing a clear message that can help people, whether they ever work with me or not, but that like, so that we can give value, but then also have that call to action. So it was, and I love
1: that you did it daily.
2: Yes, this this
1: is super, super important, and I think a lot of people miss this. They get really hung up on, well, did I get all my copyright? And they they mother hen it for three weeks, and then they put out one video. Yep. yeah, you're not going to get traction that way. You need to not mother hen quite so much. Don't worry exactly. about whether it's perfect. Put it out there and see what people respond to. Yes, and do it all the time because you'll exactly. learn and you'll get better and you'll see what people respond to and what they don't.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly it. The journey. But then that's we you know we you mentioned before a couple times so far. Like and uh, that I have a, a show myself, the Science and Spirituality Podcast that was birthed after about two years of business with my brother which was that changed everything in terms in terms of my business
1: yeah i'll bet it did and i know the title of the show is the journey to the podcast and we're down to the last four minutes
2: sure yes
1: (laughs) so um you've built a daily discipline of putting out regular promotional material you've learned how to have a sales conversation with someone. I assume that does not feel slimy because a lot of us are very sensitive to the slime and the sleaze. Yes. At what point did it really start to gel for you and the coaching business start to come together and really be a supporting factor in your life?
2: It's mm, a good question. I, I think it does relate directly to sales. I mean, because with any business, there's yeah, no income, no, revenue. No
1: sales, then. no business. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: So it really came together for me when I started to, and you were speaking to this before, about speaking from your heart. Yeah. Because for the first year, year and a half, yes, I was being consistent, which is what helped move the business forward. But what it really changed when I started to let go of the need to share the messages I learned to share from my certification institute, like my whole training. Yeah. Cause Those are brilliant, powerful, very useful, but I started to discover my own voice in essence. And, you know, I don't think there's any way around it other than just being consistent and learning your own voice and being willing to share. But there was a paradigm shift that I had to work through about the willingness to let go of my mentor's message, Mm
1: -hmm. not
2: because it was bad or wrong, but it was because I had my own unique way of way of sharing.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't your message Exactly, to your people. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So that's what really shifted for me. And that's also was right around the time when my brother and I started our podcast, which there was a couple of uh, quote unquote failed attempts along that as well. We started two other podcasts. Yeah. One was called Carton Be- Conversation. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Before we go too far sure. down that yep. road, because I, yes. I definitely <laughs> want to dig into that, uh, but I do want to kind of dig a little bit more into the birth of a successful coaching practice, because many of us in the spiritual world are by nature entrepreneurs, because there's really no other option. There are very few jobs out there for, hey, we need a healer here. you (laughs) You don't see a lot of that. And so we have to learn this entrepreneurship and so i love to dig into the anatomy of a successful start let's do it yeah so let's dig a little deeper here you started to get your voice you started to kind of put together a lot of the common advice out there is to niche around a particular problem was this something that you also discovered or did you remain kind of broad because i know a lot of life coaches start out as I can help everyone with everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So my answer is actually yes and no.
1: Like, yes,
2: I did niche niche down, but also I didn't. And Mm -hmm. this is, um, I, I I ascribe this to my success is that I did not follow the well taught path of get a niche and focus because there the traditional way of niching down is choose a particular person you want to work with, like men or women. And yep. then, and then pick also like where are they at in their life. Like, are they your parents or are they single or are they like you know? and Do the they have they career hate?
1: challenges? Like, are they exactly. recently divorced? Are they right. trying to lose weight? Yeah,
2: exactly. So I I didn't in that way. I kept it broad in that way. I, I don't have a specific like you have to be a certain person. I I've worked with people in their 60s, and have been you know married happily married. I've worked with uh, my one of my current clients is as married and has his first son, uh, two years old. I've had clients uh, just more recently just enrolled. It was a 21-year-old just getting out of college. So like it runs the whole gamut. <laughs> the,
1: Im- the, the mirror image of yourself when you are yeah, starting. Right. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it actually doesn't matter where someone is in their journey, but the way I particular niche down is in particular to what they're looking for in terms of changing in their life. Mm. And that for me, as I help people, as you share this in my bio, is I help people live their soul's purpose. Yeah. So it's, it's unique in a way, or is niched in a way, but it's still technically broad because that could also be very broad. It's like, well, yeah, what's your exactly.
1: purpose? Soul's purpose. You. I mean, it, you could, it could be building cathedrals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it could be laundry soap. It could be coaching and healing. Who knows? <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it ranges, but in general, it's people who are feeling that they're called for more in life that they know that they're here for a reason, not just to, you know, create a business and earn some money, but to change the world. I really believe that there are, there's a whole wave of us. There's, there's an army of us here to change the world for the better. And I'm here to support those who feel that they have a deep calling. You might not even know what the heck that is. That's many times. Yeah. And
1: a lot of times you don't. Yeah, that's super common. We're up on our break. Well, technically, we're really at the end of today's episode. And for those who've joined us, know that we will come back next week with the ending of this story and more details on how he built out a successful spiritual coaching practice. And until next week, go out and live soul first.